0: remain standing and turn your Bibles, please, to 2 Kings chapter 11. 2 Kings chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years, while Athaliah reigned over the land. In the seventh year, Jehoiada sent and brought the captains of hundreds of the bodyguards and the escorts, and brought them into the house of the Lord to him. And he made a covenant with them, and took an oath from them in the house of the Lord, and showed them the king's son. Then he commanded them, saying, This is what you shall do. One-third of you who come on duty on the Sabbath shall be keeping watch over the king's house. One-third shall be at the gate of Sewer, and one-third at the gate behind the escorts. You shall keep the watch of the house, lest it be broken down. The two contingents of you who go off duty on the Sabbath shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord for the king. But you shall surround the king on all sides, every man with his weapons in his hand, and whoever comes within range, let him be put to death. You are to be with the king as he goes out and as he comes in. So the captains of the hundreds did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded. Each of them took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath and came to Jehoiada the priest. And the priest gave the captains of hundreds the spears and shields which had belonged to King David that were in the temple of the Lord. Then the escorts stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, all around the king from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple by the altar and the house. And he brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, and gave him the testimony. They made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. Now when Athaliah heard the noise of the escorts, and the people, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord. When she looked, there was the king standing by a pillar according to custom, and the leaders and the trumpeters were by the king. All the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. So Athaliah tore her clothes and cried out, "'Treason, treason!' And Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of the hundreds and the officers of the army and said to them, "'Take her outside.'" "...under guard, and slay with a sword whoever follows her. For the priest had said, Do not let her be killed in the house of the Lord." So they seized her, and she went by way of the horse's entrance into the king's house. And there she was killed. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people, that they should be the Lord's people, and also between the king and the people. And all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and tore it down." they thoroughly broke in pieces its altars and images and killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars and the priests appointed officers over the house of the Lord. Then he took the captains of hundreds, the bodyguards, the escorts, and all the people of the land and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord and went by way of the gate of the escorts to the king's house. Then he sat on the throne of the kings. So all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was quiet. For they had slain Athaliah with a sword in the king's house. Jehoash was seven years old when he became king. And may God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for your word, and we pray that by the power of your Spirit that you would come and speak to us, that you would open our eyes, that we would see the Lord Jesus high and lifted up, we ask that you would open our ears, that we would hear the voice of our good shepherd. And hearing his voice, we would know him and follow him and offer our hearts to him promptly and sincerely in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Jehoshaphat, Joash, Jehoiada, and... Jehovah. Now, I'm going to do something in this introduction that I have literally never done before to the best of my recollection, and I preached my first sermon on Christmas Day 2005, so 17 years into this, I'm doing something new for me. I ran a Google search, Now I have done that before, but I ran a Google search, and something popped up. I have no idea who wrote it, where it came from, or anything. But I liked it so much, I'm going to read some of it. I ran a search on this. Grandmother spoiling grandchildren. This is what I found. Quote, when my children grew old enough, and let me say before I get in, I I have Cleaned this up and, and made it more suitable for public religious consumption. When my children grew old enough to spend entire weekends and even longer at their grandparents' house, I was initially overjoyed. I sent them off that first time to my parents' house with a precise list of their schedules, food likes and dislikes, Specific instructions detailing my discipline method of choice and how properly to implement it, as well as the importance of maintaining their strict bedtimes and nap times. It took me practically the whole week of organization and list making just to send them away for two days. They returned home from that first trip to Grandma's house physically exhausted with bellies swollen from overindulging on foods that absolutely weren't on the approved foods list. They each had giant sacks full of dollar store trinkets and a stash of candy loot that would make Halloween night jealous. I was mortified and horrified. How could my mother betray my child care wishes like that? Was she not aware of what it would now take to reverse the damage she had caused by allowing them to engage in this wanton behavior while under her watch? Didn't she remember what it takes to be a mother, or had it been so long that she had gone bonkers and just spent 48 hours going full-on bad mom to my children? while I angrily unpacked my children's weekend bags. Incidentally, nobody had brushed their teeth all weekend. (laughs) Aside from noticing all the bad things my mother had let my children do, I had failed to notice one very important thing, how utterly happy my children were. Now, you understand, I'm not approving of this. I'm just saying we can all identify with it either as grandparents, as parents, or as children, or former children, we could all tell stories of doting grandmothers. And if not a doting grandmother who spoiled us, we could tell of a good grandmother who took good care of us and prayed for us, read us the Bible... But here in this passage, we read of the unthinkable. A grandmother who murders, who exterminates her own grandchildren. Why would she do such a thing? Power. She wanted power. Her name was Athaliah. She was a queen mother. Her son Ahaziah, king of Judah, has been killed. His brothers have been killed. You remember our studies by, by Jehu. So it appears that Athaliah reasons that if she kills off all the other heirs, her grandchildren she can take total control. But there are bigger issues in play here than just a wicked old woman who wants power or even the murder of her grandsons. These children are the descendants. They're the line of David. The Lord's promise to David, his covenant is at stake here. Jesus Christ who was to be of the house and lineage of David who would be the son of David who reigns on the throne forever and ever. Jesus Christ was at stake here. Our salvation was at stake here. But the Lord moved in a quiet and mysterious way to keep His promise and protect the line of Jesus. Despite the overwhelming force, the Lord has three people in place. Jehoshaphat, the king's daughter, Joash, an infant, and Jehoiada, the priest, And Jehoshaphat, Joash, and Jehoiada thwarted the evil machinations of wicked old Athaliah and preserved the promise of God, the line of Jesus, and our salvation. Jehoshaphat, Joash, and Jehoiada. By the grace of the Lord, Jehovah, they saved the day. So now let's look at Jehoshaphat, Joash, Jehoiada, and Jehovah. First in this passage, we see the foolishness of godless planning. The foolishness of godless planning. Look at verse 1. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. Now let's get situated. Who are these people? Now you remember, Ahaziah was the king of Judah. And this woman, Athaliah, was his mother. Athaliah, if you remember, was the daughter of King Ahab of the northern kingdom of Israel. King Jehoshaphat of Judah had most likely arranged the marriage between his son Jehoram and Athaliah for purposes of national security. We saw this in chapter 8, about the first Sunday this month. We saw that the great threat to Judah in the south, humanly speaking, was Syria, to the north Israel was between Judah and Syria So Jehoshaphat wanted to secure Israel as an ally and a buffer between him and Syria So he married off his son Jehoram to Ahab's daughter, Athaliah. You see, he thought something along these lines. If my son marries Ahab's daughter, then my grandchildren will also be Ahab's grandchildren. If the Syrians try to attack, Ahab will intercept them to protect his grandchildren. That makes perfect sense. But it's godless thinking. Jehoshaphat made as good a plan as a man can make without God. Ahab, through his wife Jezebel, had become a Baalist. He worshipped Baal. They were totally corrupt and wicked people. Not the kind of people the Lord wanted His own people marrying into. But rather than trust the Lord, Jehoshaphat took matters into his own hands. He arranged the ungodly marriage. If Ahab's daughter is the mother of my grandchildren... Ahab and his descendants later will protect my grandchildren. But now, the unthinkable has happened. Ahab's daughter has murdered her own grandchildren, Jehoram's great grandchildren. In other words, the plan backfired. The scripture says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. See, the thing is, when we lean on our own understanding, we always find there are contingencies we didn't expect. Only the Lord knows all possible contingencies, everything that could possibly happen. That's why we must trust him and lean not on our own understanding. Twice in the book of Psalms, we are told that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Of course, that means a full-on atheist is a fool, but it also means that When in our hearts we leave God out, make choices without Him in mind, as though He is not even there, we are being supremely foolish. Years before this, Jehoshaphat looked at the situation in front of him. Analyzed it in a completely non spiritual way, left the Lord out of his plan, and now his great grandchildren are literally paying the price. We see the foolishness of godless planning. Secondly, in this passage, we see the faithfulness of God's servants. The faithfulness of God's servants. Look at verse 2. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned. Over the land. So while wicked Athaliah is killing off all the royal heirs, this woman, Jehosheba hides an infant. It says she is the daughter of King Joram. He was Athaliah's husband. So is she the daughter of Athaliah or another wife? It does not say. But the thing is, she's there. At the right place, at the right time to save this child. Think of Esther, who was in the right place at the right time to save the Jews from Haman's wicked scheme. You think of Moses' mother when... Pharaoh had ordered all the Hebrew baby boys thrown into the river and remember Hebrews 11 says that she and her husband saw that Moses was a proper child and they saved him. Here, Jehoshaphat saves this little boy from the massacre. She hides him in the temple where he remains for six years. Now, we learn in 2 Chronicles 22 that she, Jehoshaphat, she's the wife of the priest, Jehoiada. And he proves to be as faithful as his wife. Keeps him safe in the temple for for six years. And then when the boy, Joash, is seven years old, Jehoiada summons the royal guard, gives them their formation, and orders them to keep Joash surrounded and kill anyone who comes within range. Now look at verse 9. So the captains of the hundreds did according to all. "...that Jehoiada the priest commanded. Each of them took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath, with those who were going off duty on the Sabbath, and came to Jehoiada the priest. And the priest gave the captains of hundreds of spears and shields which had belonged to King David that were in the temple of the Lord. Then the escort stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, all around the king from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, by the altar in the house." And he brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, and gave him the testimony. They made him king and anointed him, and they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. So despite all the opposition, there are still faithful servants of the Lord in the land. And it ought to be of some encouragement. During this time, who's in charge? Athaliah. The daughter of Ahab is now queen in Judah by default. At the end, we read of a temple of Baal in Judah. This ruthless, cold-blooded, grandson-murdering Baalist is in charge of the kingdom of Judah. And there are still faithful people in that kingdom. You don't have to think too hard to connect the dots. Folk worry about the government, about the culture in our time. But these folk here in 2 Kings 11, they didn't care what Athaliah wanted. They didn't care who was running the government. They were faithful to the Lord and the true king. The evil government did not faze them a bit. Now let's think about the truth under the surface here. The Lord had promised David that his son would reign forever. That makes Joash the last link to David still living. This little boy. The Scripture is clear that Jesus is the son of David. He was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. And that meant Joash would be saved. It was impossible that he not be it was inevitable that he be spared, or Jesus would have been aborted with him. And that could not have happened. But the Lord used his faithful people to preserve the line of Jesus. Lord blesses faithfulness in ways we may never see in our lifetime. This was 800 years before Jesus was born. But we have a Savior because of the faithfulness of these people in very dark times as far as the, the culture, the government, leadership, every element of society was corrupt and evil as in that society. But they were faithful. And the Lord blessed it. The faithfulness of God's servants. So we see the foolishness of godless planning. We see the faithfulness of God's servants. And thirdly and finally in this passage, we see the final king prefigured. The final king prefigured. Look at verse 13. Now when Apheliah heard the noise of the escorts and the people. She came to the people in the temple of the Lord. When she looked, there was the king standing by a pillar according to custom, and the leaders and the trumpeters were by the king, and all the people of the land were rejoicing blowing trumpets. So Athaliah tore her clothes and cried out, Treason, treason! Now when this seven-year-old boy, Joash, is crowned and proclaimed king, we see five things that happen. Beginning here with Athaliah. She has the gall to shout treason when Joash becomes king. After all her treachery to kill off her own grandchildren to make herself queen, queen, she cries out treason to the rightful king. And that leads to the first thing that's happened Athaliah is killed. Look at verse 15. And Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of the hundreds, the officers of the army, and said to them, take her outside under guard and slay her with a sword, whoever follows her. For the priest had said, do not let her be killed in the house of the Lord. So they seized her, and she went by way of the horse's entrance into the king's house, and there she was killed. Jehoiada says, kill her but don't defile the holy house of the Lord with her trashy blood. Say, grab her and drag her out by the horses and run her through with a sword. The second thing that happens is Baal is purged. Baal is purged. Look at verse 17. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people that they should be the Lord's people and also between the king and the people. And all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They thoroughly broke in pieces its altars and images and killed Matan the priest of Baal before the altars and the priests appointed officers of the house of the Lord. It says they tear down the temple of Baal, destroy all the images of Baal and kill the priests of Baal. The third thing that happens is the true king is enthroned. Look at verse 19. Then he took the captains of hundreds, the bodyguards, the escorts, and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord and went by way of the gate, the escorts of the king's house. Then he sat on the throne of the kings. He sits on the throne of David. And the fourth and fifth things that happen are rejoicing and peace. Look at verse 20. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, for they had slain Athaliah with a sword in the king's house. So at first there's rejoicing, but then the city is quiet. It's quiet because there's peace for time, but not forever. But we see in the preservation and the crowning of Joash a prefiguring of the final king, Jesus Christ. When he was an infant, King Herod felt threatened by him and ordered all boys under two years old killed in Bethlehem and surrounding vicinities. But Jesus was spared. And at the right time, the boy is revealed at the temple. And when he had gone to the cross, where he made an end, purged our sins in his own blood, he was raised and ascended and is now sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And when he comes again, all the kings and rulers of the earth will bow to him. He will smite the nations with a rod of iron. He will dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel." And all the temples and priests of Baal, every false way, every false religion, it will all be destroyed, and there will be rejoicing and peace. Verse 20 says the rejoicing and the quiet, the peace. came because Athaliah was dead. There's a day coming when the true and final king, Jesus the son of David, will come and he will defeat and destroy and dash to pieces all his enemies and on that day his people will rejoice and there will finally be peace. Now in that day, will you be with Athaliah? Will you be with Jehoshaphat, Joash, Jehoiada, and Jehovah? Will you be with Jesus? And we're fixing to sing Psalm 110, a prophecy of Jesus Christ our great high priest. He's also our king, our coming king. Our Bible song is based to some extent on the old Scottish psalter. I want to read the last verse out of the old psalter. It's like it is in our book, but it has a little bit more. The glorious and mighty Lord that sits at thy right hand shall in his day of wrath strike through the kings that him withstand. Among the heathen he shall judge, the nations filled with dead, and over all the countries wide he wounds shall every head. The brook that runneth in the way with drink shall him supply, and for this cause in triumph he shall lift his head on high. In his day of wrath he will strike through the kings that withstand him. We see that great day prefigured here in the coronation of Joash and the destruction of Athaliah. On that final day, our Lord Jesus in triumph shall lift his head. Will you be with him and with Je- Hosheba, Joash, Jehoiada, the Lord Jehovah, Jesus Christ? Will you be with him on that great and final day? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.